Hey yo, what's up my friends? <laughs> Welcome back to the Beautifully Built Inside and Out podcast. I am your host, Melissa Impet. Buckle your seatbelt today, ladies and gentlemen. I have on this beautiful soul named Cole, and Cole is a bio-integration specialist. Do you know what that means? Because I most certainly didn't know what it meant, so it was so exciting to be able to bring Cole on the show and have her explain this to us. So it's just so much deeper than just focusing on your nutrition and fitness. So it connects so well with the Beautifully Built mission because like I always say, there is so much more than just eating salads and running on the treadmill. You really need to dive deep and think so much more about your entire life. What's going on in your mind? So Cole is dropping so many nuggets with all of us, just skills that we could be picking up to make this transition into living a healthier lifestyle, a lifestyle and not just a yo-yo diet. So you are going to take away so much from this episode. I'm just so grateful for Cole sharing her heart with us, just sharing so many nuggets that everybody needs to hear. So if you love this episode, please share it with a friend. There are so many people who need to hear the words in this episode. Share it with your friend, share it on social media, tag both of us so we can give you a shout out. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you more than you even know. Cole, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your heart with us. My name is Cole Whitty. And I am what's called a biointegration specialist. If you've never heard of it, that I definitely haven't. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about this. <laughs> yes, it well, and it mostly because it doesn't really exist, right? When my yeah. husband and I started creating our business, you know, we used to be personal trainers, and we, you know, we had all of these health modalities. We also were certified in trauma release exercise and mm. different somatic healing practices. Cool. And so what we were doing or what we do involves so many different facets that we were like, there's not a name for it. Yeah. So let's come up with a name for it. Sweet. And so we always say biohacking is cool. Yeah. Biointegration is key Ooh. because you can hack into your body all you want to. However, if you're not integrating with your physiology and learning its unique language, mm. all the biohacking in the world isn't going to fix it. You know, mm. all the supplementation isn't going to override what's really going on in your head, the stressors in your life, the food that you're still consuming or, you know, whatever. So it was a long path to get there and we can get into, you know, kind of that winding road as it were. Yeah. Um, How did you even start? How did you even kind of get into even just the personal training? Where does your story begin? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) my mom and dad, one, you know, late one night on it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) I mean, that's kind of where I began, right? Yeah, right. So the the short Cliff's Notes version, so that we can actually get to the, the now. good stuff, yeah. Yes, uh, you know, I had some trauma happen as a child that made me really rebel as a teenager. I was mm. an at risk youth. I got kicked out of multiple high schools, um, and I ended up overdosing into a coma at seventeen. Wow. So it was clear my lifestyle was not going to be sustainable <laughs> the way that I was living. Um, but at that point, I really didn't care. I didn't, I don't even tell people that I was suicidal. I had suicidal thoughts for sure. Mm -hmm. I actually did not believe I deserved suicide. I thought that was too kind, you know, like that would be letting myself off the hook. Wow. So just to give anyone listening the, you know, kind of the gravity of my self-loathing was that I didn't deserve to die. That would be Mm -hmm. too kind. So that was the beginning. After my coma, that was the beginning of 
at least starting to find purpose and meaning in my life because mm-hmm. I didn't have any. And it w- I wasn't going to live if I didn't find something to hold on to. Yeah. So after that, uh, I do what most people do if they're looking to connect and find hope. I started helping others, right? Yeah. I started speaking at schools. Um, I helped the UN overseas with substance abuse education. Wow. I was working with Partnership for a Drug-Free America. I did, you know, the Montel Williams show and all these big television syndicates. Wow. Yeah. So the thing was, I was trying to make up for everything I'd ever done wrong. It was like I was trying to save my soul. Mm-hmm. And I was getting 200 plus emails a day and responding to as many as I could but at this point, I'm like a 20-year-old with no former education in mm. helping people. At this point, only a GED mm. and feeling really hopeless. Hmm. I still had not taken the time to do the self-work. The self-work. Interesting. Yes. So it's like I was in trying to avoid what I really needed to heal by helping other people. Interesting. You know, I was like and avoiding. it's so true. I think so many people just, they think that popularity is what's going to make them happy. But it's so true that you can have that popularity, but still not be happy with yourself. Oh, I was miserable. Mm-hmm. And I could only see the people I couldn't help. Yeah. Right. And if there would have been social media, then it would have been a totally different story because I was speaking, you know, to a few thousand kids at a time. Wow. So it would have been a very different, I'm grateful there wasn't the internet then because yeah. I could have got trapped in that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that social impression kind mm-hmm. of thing. And also trapped in the identity that I was in yep. because that's not who I wanted to be. I just was trying to not be who I was avoiding. Avoiding, If yeah. that makes sense. Yes, totally. So that led me into, after a few years of being a speaker, and I loved it, you know, in many ways, but I was connecting in hopelessness and I was connecting in people's pain and their trauma. I wasn't actually able to help them other than sharing my story. I didn't have any tools. I didn't have anywhere to direct them. So I decided to stop speaking for a while. I knew someday I would come back to it. You know, I was a full-time speaker to pretty much till 22 from 17 to 22, or I guess eight, well, 17, because I started before I turned 18. And it was hard to let go of that money too, because yeah, I was making good sure. money at this point. You know, yeah. when you're, how old was I? When I'm 18 years old or 20 years old, whatever, and you're making $5,000 an hour, come on. Yeah. Like, and I'm all expenses paid. That's addicting. Sponsored by JetBlue. That's like, addicting. <laughs> I could fly for free anywhere. Mm. So on paper, everything looked Amazing. like this incredible life. Yeah. Right. So, so what gave you the realization, you know, what, cause, cause I can like, I could picture myself at that age making that money and just having that popularity. I feel like I'd be so high on life. So what made you actually be like, wait, I need to slow down. Well, my misery, really? none of that made any difference. Mm-hmm. I was living in Brooklyn, New York yep. by myself in a two bedroom apartment by the time I was 20. You know wow. what I mean? Like, I, that is insane. Impressive. Yeah. Especially in Brooklyn. That must have been a pretty penny. <laughs> and in Williamsburg, you know, I mean, yeah. this is before it is what it is now because now it's all fancy. Mm-hmm. But the truth was, is I was so miserable that it, it, none of it mattered, you know, and I was carrying the weight of my self-loathing all the time. So I would actually say there were only moments of joy. So and was it like when you were on stage, did you feel joy? Yeah, that's sure. when I really felt it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. I in grew front up a musician. Yeah. yeah, I grew up a musician. So I've always been a performer and I would mm-hmm. play songs that I had written 
um, at, you know, at schools and stuff. So there was that element of appreciating that level of connection Mm -hmm. on a stage, but it wasn't authentic connection really, Mm -hmm. you know, person to person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I reached a point in New York City by 22. I was just like, you know what, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm going to go get real, you know, because I had also been signed to a huge management company. Um, There was Britney Spears' manager was Larry Rudolph. Larry had an, an assistant. Nicole Conrad, who I signed to her. So in my mind, because this is when Britney was huge, this was before her second record, I was thinking, my worries are over. I'm going to be a big star. It's going to be incredible. I was working out three hours a day, eating basically only rice. You know what I mean? Like I was caught up in that imagery thing. Um, And just... I, Britney's second record came out. I got dropped because everyone got laid off. That was the crash of pop culture as we Mm -hmm. knew it. And so I stayed and struggled in New York for like two more years. And then I just gave up, went back to Utah, married a guy my parents liked and stuck with that for a few years, put on, you know, 45 pounds. I guess from that point, I put on about 50 pounds. Wow. Um, was drinking wine every day, sleeping pills to sleep, you know, mm-hmm. caffeinated drinks to wake up mm-hmm. and energy drinks, which are like the worst. Mm-hmm. And then my health crashed. Yeah. And it wasn't until my health crashing that finally that was getting me into the wellness space. Yeah. But the thing that's so crazy is I thought I'll just start working out again. And I bought a treadmill to put in my house because at this point I had arthritis in my knees fibromyalgia, um, uh, endometriosis, a 40 degree curvature of scoliosis in my spine. Oh my goodness. Uh, Yeah. So I was in a lot of pain, which is why I got the treadmill. So I could just at least walk a little bit at a time. Yeah. And mind you, I used to be in super shape. You know, I won Miss Utah teen. I did Miss teen USA. Like I had been in really crazy shape before. So this was like the total (laughs) opposite. Oh my gosh, from one end of the spectrum to the other. Hmm. Yes. And when we moved the treadmill into the house, it fell on my foot. I took, I had taken my shoes off because I had dark hardwood and I didn't want footprints and it split my big toe in half. It took two years of reconstructive surgeries before I could work out. What a sign from the (laughs) universe. Holy like That's cute that you want to work out, but you you have to change your lifestyle. You need to change movement is not walking on a treadmill. Yep. Wow. So I got into learning about inflammation, detoxing my body or giving my body the right tools to detox and clean itself, juice cleanses. You know, my first, my first step into that was the book Clean by Alejandro Younger. It was a bestseller in like 2008 or nine or something. I bought it in an airport on a whim, learned about how, you know, in our environment, how toxins impact us. I committed a hundred percent lost 30 pounds in two months. Wow. And that was the beginning of really feeling different and realizing much of my suffering was coming from how I was treating my body because I hated myself. It was just showing on the outside now versus when I was, you know, skinny and in shape, it was just, you couldn't see it. (laughs) Now you could see it. (laughs) It really makes you think about how many people that everyone's looking to these days that looks so picture perfect on the outside, but what is really going on in the inside? Wow. My, one That's of my powerful. most common clients is actually body, like bodybuilders, bikini. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Competitors. I believe that. Yeah. 
because they honestly, a lot of times they went from one extreme to another. And even though they did gain a lot because of learning to, you know, control and get their body healthier in some ways, Mm -hmm. they also push to the point of punishment too. Totally. So it's, it's interesting that just some people wear it on the outside, but I have just as many competitors that have IBS stomach issues end up having um, problems from their, you know, digestive tract or migraines or headaches or whatever. Mm, wow. So geez, what a journey. I'm just like trying to, it's been a lot. (laughs) Holy moly. I'm like, where do we even go next with this conversation? Oh my gosh. So now today you are just so incredibly passionate about this and it's so clear because you had such a powerful, powerful journey. So what is your favorite way to kind of show up for people these days? Yeah, well now, um, so with biointegration, when we take someone on as a client now and we only take four at a time and that's it because we get all in everybody's business. This isn't just a fitness regimen. Yes, we get a movement practice scheduled. Yes, we work on nutrition, but we want to know what's your stress at work? What's your relationship stress? What is your, you know, are you having the intimate life that you desire? What's going on in your whole life? So you have to wear um, a bio strap so that we can track your resting heart rate, your heart rate variability, what your sleeping patterns are, because you may not even think that you're that stressed, but we're reading your physiology and telling you you're stressed, you know, maybe wow. not in your mind, but yeah. many people are not even present enough in their body to Seriously. be attuned to the messages they're getting. And they don't know why they have gout. And they don't know why they have IBS and they don't know why every time they go into work, they get a headache, you know? Mm. So we're here to basically collect as much data as possible so that we can start discovering where these little health ticks are coming from. Mm. Or someone has a movement practice and they are taking care of their body, but there's a shoulder injury that's not getting better, right? Like things that don't make sense and that doctors can't find a, a source to. Yeah. So we're like, and my husband was in an emergency medicine nurse for 23 of his 25 years in medicine and in New York City, no less. So we have the Western medicine of understanding what prescriptions you're on for how long, what those symptoms cause. Our goal isn't, we're not trying to avoid Western medicine. We're just fully aware that a holistic approach means whole, H-W-O-L-E. We need to look at everything, not just exercise, not just nutrition. You know, again, you can have great nutrition and work out all the time. If you're in a toxic relationship or one that you don't want to be in, you can't over, you can't use supplements to escape it. You're not losing that weight that you've been trying to lose for so long because it is just so much deeper than walking on the treadmill and eating salad. It's so much deeper. So this is so interesting to me. Jumping in and totally interrupting this episode real quick because I just loved what Cole said about holistic approach and really, you know, not ignoring Western medicine, but finding a different approach. And you guys have heard me talk about it before. I'm not really the biggest fan of medication, especially when it comes to handling stress and anxiety. I love taking a more holistic approach. And for me, that has been CBD. And I've talked about CBD before, but if you don't know what it 
it is, it's actually extracted from the marijuana plant. It is not the property that gets you, you know, feeling psychedelic, but it is the property that is so helpful when it comes to stress, anxiety, sleep or muscle soreness, inflammation. There's so many things that CBD can be super helpful for. So I personally love the CBD gummy bears that I talk about all the time, and they are from a company called Blissful Days, and it's B-L-I-S-S-F-U-L-D-A-Y-Z.com. I would love for you guys to give these gummy bears a try. If you feel like you suffer with anxiety or you need something to help you unwind, sleep a little bit at night, try the CBD gummy bears. You can use the code HEALTHY. 15 at checkout for a little bit of a discount. And if you are listening to this episode when it is launched, which is Wednesday the 30th of January, you can head to my Instagram page, a underscore healthy underscore attitude and enter the giveaway. I'm doing a giveaway for a bottle of these Blissful Days CBD gummy bears today, the 30th, and it will be running until Friday. So if you are tuning in right now, head to my Instagram page, enter this giveaway, and you could win yourself a bottle of these free gummies. But if not, seriously, check out blissfuldays.com, give them a try, use the coupon code so you can save save a few bucks, and you're going to see exactly why I just love CBD for a holistic approach to help stress anxiety and just help me sleep, unwind, have a really good night rest. So Back to the episode. When I see someone carrying extra body fat, my question isn't what are you eating? It's what are you holding on to? Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so powerful. What are you holding on to that just no longer serves you? Yep. Mm. Or you just don't want to. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I had a woman that came to me and she said, I want to lose 50 pounds. And I said, okay, that's nice. However, that's not going to keep you on track because emotionally what's going to happen is it's going to recoil. So we need to find experiences and emotions and feelings that are within this. So I said, why do you want to lose the weight? And it took us a bit to really get to the, the, what made her want to shift. And it came down to she had gone to a theme park with her son, got on the roller coaster. They tried to close the top and they couldn't close it. So she couldn't wear the seatbelt, which means you can't go on the ride. So how do you help people dig, dig in deep and find their why? Because that's something that I do a lot with my clients too. Cause I always tell people your why should really make you want to cry. It needs to be that deep and that significant. So how do you kind of guide people? Because a lot of people are just so on the surface that they Mm -hmm. don't even know their why. And I'm sure, I'm sure you see that. Sure. So yeah. What do you do to kind of guide people? Yeah, I don't have a specific process, but quite often, so I always want to talk to them on video, right? I want to see their body's language because what they're communicating, if it isn't in line to how they actually feel, it's just them rationalizing or using their minds, their body will react because it doesn't believe it. It'll shift, right? It'll look uncomfortable. Can't look at you Um, in the eyes and things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or if they just feel ashamed, you know, we, if we all have things that we're, we don't want to share and it takes a lot of vulnerability. So for me, the first process is getting them to a point where they feel connected with me so that they feel safe to share. Yeah. That trust. Because Mm. yeah, if they don't feel safe, they're only going to let me go so deep with them. So that's kind of the first phase. Um, and a lot of it is just 
saying, you know, when's either when's the last time you remember feeling ashamed for being this, you know, either the size or the functionality or whatever. And from there, then I can usually ask, what's your first memory of that? Yeah. You know, because it almost always, not always, but it almost always comes down to something with their parents or whoever was, you know, their parental guide as a child. And it's not that that person had to have done something wrong or bad. It's just also understanding there's cause and effect. And you as a human translated an experience a certain kind of way. Yeah. So like I just, for example, I just like, I've been doing a lot of this deep work myself over the past couple of years. And one of the things that I realized, um, and it comes to you sometimes in the weirdest moments, right? When you remember instances. So I realized that one of my aunts who I love, I love her so much. She never meant to cause any harm in my life, but she would always like whenever we were at family get togethers or parties, she would always joke and make fun of her thunder thighs. And all of the women on my mom's side of the family, we all have thicker thighs. And because she was always laughing and joking and making fun of these thunder thighs, for me as a young girl, I thought there was something wrong with me. And I literally have these visualizations standing in front of the mirror, taking a knife, cutting my thigh fat off because I was just so disgusted by these thunder thighs because she gave me the impression that I shouldn't have them and they're not they're not something that I should love and appreciate. Right. So it's crazy how the littlest things. And most of the time it was a joke. Like most of the time she'd be totally joking, not saying anything serious, but the way I interpret it is that I was not good enough because my thighs were so thick and I was holding on to so much fat in my thighs. Right. Crazy. Well, look, the, the truth of it is a joke is still abuse. Even yes. if it's abuse to the self, when you mm. dig deeper into mm-hmm. trauma, it's knowing that that's a coping strategy for yes. something that does actually totally. bother someone. Yep. And by saying it first, then you protect yourself from other people hurting you because you're like, well, I already said I already that joked in about your it. subconscious. Yeah. 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 Yep. It's a joke. I don't care. They totally care. And that's the thing is when I started to I've always been a people watcher. And when I started to watch all these patterns with people, I was like, wait, they're hiding it under a joke. But I I also have a very funny, dark sense of humor. Not funny to everyone, hilarious to me. But that comes from everything I've been through, right? And just the really shadowy, dark stuff. And I used to say jokes to insult myself. Yeah. It's a protective mechanism, you know, and it's, it's common with women. It's some conditioning that we pick up from most, you know, childhoods mm-hmm. um, where the mothers and the women insult themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and we take that on as a narrative voice for our experience because that's what humans do. Mm-hmm. And when we're kids, we're modeling behavior. We don't even have to believe it. Mm-hmm. But if our mother insulted herself or our aunts or our grandparents, mm-hmm we can do that too. Mm-hmm. Even if you have a depressed parent who's very depressed, can't get out of bed, it creates one of two responses. Either a child does the opposite or they repeat it. They repeat it, yeah. Yep. We have clients that come that have been ever since they were 12 years old told that they're depressed, that they have depression. And as we dig deeper into it, they don't feel connected to it. They don't feel like they have anything to be, to be depressed about. And we can actually create new neural pathways mm-hmm. that to override what was in the past because yeah, almost just like it's not even actually it. true. Yeah. Mm. It's fat. Humans are 
endlessly fascinating. Incredibly fascinating. Yes. And I just love like digging deep like this and really thinking about it. Um, so do you recommend for people to just start kind of paying more attention and trying to sure. make these little realizations? Kind of like Yes. You, totally. Presence, right? Yeah. So like I have one thing called the three P's, which mm-hmm. is pause, physical scan, and then proceed. Mm-hmm. So when you start with a pause, like let's say you're talking to your partner, your spouse, a friend, and something they says, they, they say is nice. Something they say <laughs> kind of triggers you mm-hmm. and you feel this response and you can, you want to respond or you want to get defensive by pausing. You can take a moment to say, where do I feel this in my body? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're feeling heat start to form in your head mm-hmm. or almost like a burning in your throat, you know, either because you're trying to fight saying something or you're, you want to say something and recognizing that and going, okay, I'm clearly activated right now. Mm-hmm. So that means that you're in your sympathetic part of your nervous system. It's going to start dumping certain types of hormones and, you know, adrenaline, whatever, mm-hmm. to put you in a fight or flight. If that continues, it will actually shut off the front of your brain and you just go into autopilot, which is when you say things you didn't mean or you, you know, throw something or hit someone and you don't even remember. Mm -hmm. That's because your prefrontal cortex, the front completely shuts off. By having that pause, you recognize you're getting activated and then you physical scan and then say, what do I want to choose in this moment? You may realize that every time you get triggered, your back hurts or it tightens, right? So if you're not present, your back is trying to tell you that you are not either speaking your truth or you're trying to fight saying what you really want to say. Hmm. So by starting this process of pause physical scan, you're starting to learn your body's language. Hmm. You know, like, wow, actually, if my back always hurts when someone says something about, you know, oh, you always get what you want. You write it down, what the person said, just save it. You don't need to figure it out right now. Yeah. You'll start to see patterns and go, wow, it always happens when someone says something around a certain topic. What's my earliest memory of that happening? You know, it's like anything. You'll start to see these little trends and patterns. Forever, I thought that I just had a bad back when really I just was bad to my back. Yeah. You know, I was bad to my knees. And those little cues, what my back will lock up. And the key indicator that it's emotional for me is when if I go to get a massage and as soon as I leave, it tightens back up within the hour, that's my body going, that's cute. I hope you had a nice time relaxing for that hour, but you are not addressing the problem. So when it's my middle back in Mm -hmm. the right side, it means that I'm not feeling financially capable or supported by myself. Mm. Like I've narrowed it down to that specifically. Wow. I am so excited to start paying more attention. Oh, it'll tell you so much because especially when you start to dive deep into, you know, fitness and wellness and Mm. really wanting to experience vibrancy and enthusiasm and fun, your body will tell you when you're not having fun much sooner than getting in a funk. It'll, you know, when you're just feeling a little frustrated or feeling annoyed, yeah, you'll start to notice like, I'll get a little like pressure point in my head. It's just like, I'm frustrated and I'm holding in the energy of everything spinning around. I just need to go in my car and like scream. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 
sensation gone from my forehead. Like it's so cool. Awesome. And I just love this too, because I'm always really preaching to everyone that I cross paths with to really try to reconnect with your body. Cause I feel like everyone is so external these days, our phone, social media, everyone around us, maybe, you know, kids, whatever it may be. Everyone's just so external and not taking that time to reconnect with their actual bodies. And what a great, you know, what a great exercise to really be paying attention to what, what's your body feeling. Yeah. When I tell people, you know, with how fast technology and humanity is, you know, evolving all the time, the one thing that has not been evolving is our physiology. Our nervous system's been around before we had thought or, you know, knew how to build anything. That's what kept us alive, right? To respond if all of a sudden a boulder is coming at you or whatever, it's that reptilian brain. So by us reconnecting to that, not only is your mind continuing to evolve, it's getting your body on board. Because if your mind gets too future focused, that's often when you'll trip, when you'll hit your head, when you drop things, Mm. because your mind can travel anywhere. It can go to the future or the past. The body's only ever in the now. Mm. So if you're looking to make intuitive decisions in your business, but you're thinking about your business two years from now, you will miss the subtle alignments that are going to actually get you there, yeah. right? So it's almost like folding time backwards. What's the experience of already having what you want two years from now yeah. in your present body, not where I need to go or else your body's going to trip trying to get there because it's playing catch up, yeah. right? So if I notice that I'm dropping things a few times, I used to say I was clumsy, what it really was. Which I tell myself all the time. I tell myself I'm clumsy all the time. Hmm. Right. And then we affirm that too, Mm -hmm. right? I I am this, this is what I am. We don't leave space for change. So if I'm tripping a lot, I'll go, okay, what am I thinking about? And it's always that I'm caught up in everything I need to get done or that, you know, and it could be an hour from now, but my body's trying to catch up to where we need to be. So it can't move as fast as thought. So if I, you know, one trip, whatever, right? No, no big deal. But if I'm having one of those days where I drop my keys, I can't find my phone. Everything's going wrong. Yeah. Totally. Yep. What that tells me is I need to slow down. Yep. I'm, I'm, Relight. now I'm getting frazzled. Yep. And then you go back into that fight or flight. Yep. Then your digestion spiral. will shut down. Oh, yeah. yep. yep. All mm. of it. So it's just, if that's happening, that's just a message to slow down. Yeah. That's it. You know, take some time to come back to the body, mm-hmm. reprioritize what really needs to be done and what could actually be done, mm-hmm. and then let the rest go for now. Yeah. Tripping through it or getting hurt is only going to slow the whole process down, and then we get frustrated and angry at ourselves, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's, then it's endless. So here's a question for you. How do you recommend that people take that time to kind of slow down and regroup a little bit, reconnect when they've got so much chaos going on? Because I know a lot of the listeners are moms. They might be working two different jobs. They're taking care Mm -hmm. of their significant other. So what's, what's something that people can do when they feel all the chaos, but they know that they need to be trying to reconnect like this? So one exercise that I'm freaking obsessed with, especially when it's frustration and there's just a lot and there's nothing you can do about it, right? You can't, you have your kids, like you're here. Yeah. So 
if you do 15 breaths in as hard as you can through your nose and out through your mouth, increasing the intensity for 15. So it's like 15. And as you go, really let the anger come out. Ooh. So I'm not like, I'm not forcing the air out, just the in and kind of like, you know, like that. Yeah, maybe even making a little sound with it, yeah. Yes, because what happens is as I get to the end of it, on the 15th breath, I take a deep breath and I hold it, and then I really just, uh, yeah, all the way to the end. Mm. And it just feels like that vibration and that getting the aggression out without yeah. screaming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because screaming, by the way, you can yeah. disassociate and not actually experience the anger and tune out of your body. Mm -hmm. So this keeps you in your body to get some of that energy out. So it's yeah. literally just like. <sighs> yeah. Now, I will say. So much oxygen to your brain. Sitting down. Sitting yes. Down, which yeah. also helps you men take clearer. Mm -hmm. So do it sitting down because you most likely will get lightheaded from mm -hmm. getting so much oxygen at one time. Yep. You're not going to pass out, right? Yeah. You might get a little dizzy if you need to sit on the floor, whatever feels safe for you. That's I was going to say, go to, go to the bathroom and sit on the toilet. <laughs> totally. You know, but that's the thing. This, this takes you less than a minute. Yeah. And as, when you take that last breath, you hold it in for as long as you can. And as you push out that last breath, really push it till there's nothing left, you know, where it's almost like, ah. mm. and then just sit for a minute. Mm -hmm. Just feel the difference in your body. Give yourself the space. No thought will come in at that point. Mm -hmm. And if any tries to squeeze in, just be like, chill, give me one minute. You can go a minute yeah. and then we can resume. But it's, this takes less than two minutes. This is the beginning. Yeah, this is incredible. the beginning of using your body to change your state because yeah. we often don't want to acknowledge the anger because there's nothing we can do about it. And I don't have time for this. I can't go cry in the bathroom for 15 minutes with the kids, whatever. Mm. Do it with your kids. Yeah. Show them another way when they're feeling wow, frustrated. what a great idea. Well, yeah. then they're going to learn their coping that strategies. Coping strategy so early. Yeah. Yeah. And then wow. if they learn, look, mommy's frustrated. Will you breathe with me? Yeah. Maybe they start reminding you. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I had a client that I said, you know, kids are very perceptive. If you'll tell them, hey, next time you notice that mommy's, you know, getting frustrated, will you remind mommy to breathe? Great. And we'll do it together. Yeah. yeah. Then it's not shaming. It's not saying, mommy, you're being mean to me or whatever. It's teaching them the language to cue you in. Yeah. You need to breathe for a second. But getting that over-oxidation or just over-oxygenating your brain helps clear the thought because by the time you get to the third breath, you can't think mm. and do that. So it's so almost focused. like it blows yeah. everything out. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What awesome And just slow advice. breath, a lot of people can't do that either mm, it's because hard. they're too it's... constricted. Yep. So and we're so shallow. Actually, yes. Mm. Yep. And this, at first, it might mostly be in your chest. Ideally, you want to feel, fill as much of your body as possible. Feel your belly really expand. Also, if you're feeling tired, mm -hmm. that oxygen will bring more energy in because your body runs on oxygen, right? So it's going to send that nutrient-dense blood yeah. through your body too. And what make a you better up a option bit. than an energy drink. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's not going to be a crash and it's yeah. endless and you can do it any time. 
even for digital um, entrepreneurs or fitness professionals that do a lot online, Me. when you're feeling, <laughs> yeah, when you're Me. feeling fatigued, yeah. do that breathing practice. Yep. Give yourself that minute. It will clear out mm. all of the chaos. Yep. And then you can choose what you, you know, where the priorities are and what actually needs to be done. Yeah, but I'm totally, that's, that's really, all I need. the breathing is something that I've really been paying a lot more attention to recently because yeah, when you, you know, I feel like I'm always on, especially when I'm like on calls or recording podcasts or even on my Instagram story, I'm always on. And sometimes yeah. at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I'm drained. I feel like the life's been sucked out of me. And it's so true. When I get down on my yoga mat and I just move a little bit and I reconnect with my breath, that's like my meditation time because mm -hmm. I'm not the type of person who can sit in Indian style and not think about anything and meditate like that just doesn't work for me but when I am getting like a little bit of movement whether it's just stretching or whatever and thinking about my breath that's when I'm able to like center and reconnect mm. yeah. yeah this is also how if I just worked with someone and it was really heavy mm. you know like the topic was heavy yeah. I'll do that to kind of um let go of their stuff so yep. that I don't carry it through the day because yeah. If like, especially when I do retreats, if I'm around 12 different That's women and we're going, yeah. it's a lot of energy and you don't realize that little pieces of it can stay until you're like, oh man, my back is killing me because mm -hmm. you were taking little, you know, micro pieces of other people's stuff on. Yep. And this breathing exercise just really helps to get you back centered in the now. Yeah. And so many of you listening right now, think about it. Are you taking on your significant other's stuff, your yeah. mom's stuff, your dad's stuff, your family's stuff, coworkers? You know, it's, it's easy. We humans are very energetic and we really grasp whether you believe it or not, whether you think it's woo woo or not, we really hold on to other people's energy and it's, and it's important to figure out how to manage that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually, I just recorded a meditation, you know, because as visualization is yeah. hugely valuable. And I used to see it as like that woo-woo stuff until yeah. it changed my life. Yeah. And so I just created a meditation yesterday um, for my Facebook group to be able to detach from other people's stuff and how to protect your energy from mm. taking other people's on. I'm happy to include the link in the Definitely. show notes because it's yes, free please. just as a download. Yes, please. But it, it is. We, you, know, you could be in a great move, mood and then your partner comes home, they're in a bad mood. Yeah. Right? And it brings you, you can get sucked in or not. Yes. <laughs> it's up to you. Exactly. Yeah. So that meditation is basically how to protect your energy because when your energy stays present, it will actually help them shift their state to yours. Yeah. You know, but you have to be able to be strong and empowered and raise it. that vibration. Yes. Yeah. That's when you feel unstoppable is yes. when no one else's mood impacts yours. Yeah. You, you could still feel it for a second and be like, yeah. oh, oh, wow, that's heavy. And just go, but I choose to not take that on. Yep. Because I see this a lot, you know, with people trying to focus more on their health and their nutrition and just and feeling their best then their significant other is on a different journey. And yeah. what happens, you know, sometimes they get a little bit sidetracked and they fall into the routines of their significant other. So yep. yeah, how do you, how it's do tough. you, mm, it is. It's yeah, tough. So I love that being able to kind of raise their vibration by just really being so strong and secure in yours. Yeah. You know, especially for anyone listening that is in that journey where your partner is not on board yet, Mm -hmm. You know, it's recognizing that as you become more conscious, you also become more responsible for yourself and also seeing where they are and not taking it on. 
you know, and I, without getting into talking about boundaries and protecting yourself and if they're, you know, obviously assuming there's not abuse and things like that, mm -hmm. when you hold fast in it and knowing they have to do it in their own time, instead of nagging someone or telling them what they should be doing, mm -hmm. show them. If you'll show them joy, they're going to desire it. And if you only share your experience without judgment on someone else, they're more likely to come on board than if you should all over them. Oh, gosh. Should all over them. I yeah. love that. That's such a good And it is. Look, when you're doing it by yourself at first, it's tough. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. And, and that's why, that's why I'm, all, I'm all about community too, right? Yeah. Like you said, Facebook, like community is key. It's tough doing this alone, but you don't have to be alone if you're willing to really connect in with a community. Yep. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's the beauty of what we have now yeah. is even if your support system right now is not in the house, get what you need, you know, and also get an extra accountability partner, someone yeah. that's on the path with you to remind you. That you could text and be like, wow, I'm really in it today. Yeah. You know, I, I can't get it in me to go to the grocery store and get the food that I need to get. And I'm feeling like I want to just stop and grab something quick. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. We all have that feeling come across mm -hmm. our minds. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I love this idea of podcasting because when you are in those funks, right, it's awesome to be able to press play on something like this. Totally. Yeah. Listen, now it's within your own control. Yeah. to get inspired. Yep. I mean, you can, you know, between podcasts and YouTube and Instagram and inspirations everywhere, if you're willing to come out of your hole that you're yeah. buried yourself mm -hmm. into um, and know that and take that radical self-honesty and responsibility to say, I'm not staying here. Mm -hmm. Like I refuse to. I'm done. I, I spent done. 27 years of my 36 there. I'll I'm not interested. That. Yep. Be resourceful. That's, that's something I'm always preaching because it's at your fingertips, literally. And you yes. probably have your phone in your hand all the time. Yep. And it's free. You know, mm -hmm. it's like if you don't have the resources right now to hire someone and get extra help, yep. usually anyone you want to work with puts out a lot of free stuff too. It just means so you have to do more legwork. Yeah. You know, you have to invest yeah. more time to yeah. figure the systems out and to show up for yourself. But even that's part of the process. Mm -hmm. Prove that you've got you. Mm -hmm. And then when you bring people back on, they've got your back. They're not there to your sole purpose. Mm. To where you're going. So amazing. I really just cannot thank you enough for coming on and sharing with us because this was like such a great opportunity for me to learn too. So I can only imagine what all of the listeners are thinking right now. So I just really, really appreciate your time and coming and really explaining all this and laying this all out to us. I'm honored too. You know, our bodies are incredible tools for healing um, whatever conditions, whatever you're facing, the one thing that I would say is don't give up. Mm -hmm. Don't settle in your goals for fitness. Don't settle in your goals for your business or your family life. Everything is a process, but even your medical conditions, if you will be diligent in tracking what your symptoms are and when and what you're eating and what your movement practices are and what makes you feel better and what makes you feel worse, you will find your answers. Mm -hmm. You really will. You know, it does take dedication 
but they have amazing women like you, Melissa, to help guide them as well. And just, just know that you can be the miracle. So it really comes down to opening yourself and giving yourself permission to be the miracle. Mm-hmm. Miracles happen every single day. If you will give yourself permission and show up and do the work, you will be a miracle too. Everyone is as deserving as you. All you have to do is decide that you can be afforded that opportunity. Mm, I have the chills. Seriously. Oh. I love it, man. Like I'm, I'm a walking miracle. I work with people that are miracles. Mm-hmm. You know, even with uh, traumatic brain injuries, my friend Kevin Ballister is now like the expert of neurology and neuroplasticity. And he survived something they say out of 90% the injury occurs, only 10% survive. Mm-hmm. Out of that 10%, only 10% wow. ever come out of a coma or a vegetative state. And that had more to do with nutrition than anything else when it came to his recovery. There was obvious a lot, obviously a lot to it, mm. but nutrition in changing, changing the nutrition in his feeding tubes made wow. the biggest impact. So I know so many miracles. I see them every day. Mm. Everyone listening has a miracle waiting for them if they'll do the work. If they'll do the work, if they yep. show up for themselves, no matter what, never giving up. And just, you know, like, like you said, I love you said, track, track it, pay attention, what's going on. And if yep. you're willing to do that work and keep showing up, so true. Anything really is possible. Absolutely. Mm, well, thank you so much. Where can everyone connect with you? So the best place um, is talkhole.com. We do monthly events in Austin. We also lead trips to Peru once a year. Cool. And, you know, I love to connect in person. As awesome as the internet is, really for me, it's in person, you know, to be able to look at someone face to face. If you want to reach out to me personally on Instagram, it's getphysical. So it's P-H-Y-S-I-K-O-L-E, getphysical. Um, and on Facebook as well. And then I have a podcast, which I want you to come on to my yes, podcast. Yes, please. I can't wait to binge watch your, listen to yes. your podcast. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's Warrior Women with a Purpose. And that's the same mm. Facebook group, Warrior Women with a Purpose, and sharing the unique stories. You know, women are inspiring. And even with all the sadness and chaos and craziness that, it's a, that feels perceivably against us, mm. we have so much going for us. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm there to support as well. Mm-hmm. And bring that light right out of people. Yes. I love it. Oh gosh. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your heart with us. I appreciate it so much. It's an honor. Yeah. We'll see you again soon. Is it just me or do these interviews just keep getting better and better and better? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have this platform to be able to bring other people on to share their message because, you know, we all resonate with different people. So I love just being able to keep bringing on different people so that you can really find someone that you truly resonate with. So help me out. If you guys have someone on Instagram that you just absolutely look up to, send me their info. I would love to reach 
out to them and see if I could get them to come on the show. So I already have someone coming on next week that was sent to me by one of you listeners. So it's awesome to be able to hear who you actually want to hear on the Beautifully Built podcast. So please hit me up on Instagram. Send me any recommendations that you have. My Instagram is a underscore healthy underscore attitude. If you absolutely loved one of the guests that's already been on the show, let me know. I'll definitely invite them back on the show. So all of you can help me decide the direction of the Beautifully Built podcast. This is our podcast. Even though I'm sitting over here behind the microphone, this is as much your podcast as it is mine. So please give me some feedback. I love to know what it is that you want to hear on the show. So thank you all so much for tuning in. It means the world to me that you keep showing up and I love hearing all of your messages about what you're loving about the show. So don't ever hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Catch you on the next episode. Mwah.